right. Number two, UFC 235 wrap-up and UFC Wichita preview. I'm Jason. I'm Kevin. And welcome back. So we're going to look back to last weekend and look talk over the results of UFC 235, of which I don't think there were a lot of surprises, but maybe one. And well, we're going to take a look forward to next week in UFC Wichita, see what's coming up. But first, there was a little bit of news that I thought was interesting. I want to throw out this topic. Uh, according to SureDog.com, Walt Harris was suspended for four months after his win over Ar- Andre Arlovsky last December 29th in UFC 232. After Walt Harris tested positive for performance-enhancing drugs... And the news today was that uh, they, the, uh, although that happened way back in December, the news just came out today of the positive test and the announcement of the four-month suspension, which seems he uh, did get off easy because, wait for it, a tainted supplement. So the tainted supplements raised their ugly head again. What do you think about that, Kev? So uh, I, I really think in not just fighting, but in – any sports that as long as you can get it legally, like as long as you're not going to be arrested or, and you can take it legally, I really say, you know, let, let these guys do whatever, but I know that's, I'm probably in the minority of that. Um, the tainted supplement thing to me is weird because you have to turn in, um, an unopened, um, package or a container of whatever that you're taking. So then they can test it. Obviously, if it's um, an open container, you could put something in there um, to, to kind of, um, you know, justify or, you know, something else being in your body. I guess you, there's more ways to screw with it. But it was always weird to me that you have to um, turn in an unopened container that they can test because how do you know one that's like even from the same batch, really? Or, you know, it's, it's just weird. But um, I don't know. It's on one hand it's good that USADA is cracking down um if you know the uh, keeping the sport clean and cracking down on performance enhancing drugs but on the other hand i mean it, you got injuries that ruin fights and um ruin cards and then now just you know the drug testing and and the level to which it goes um, I don't know. I kind of question if it's doing more harm than it is good at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, the, these I think these tests have gotten so good. I mean, if you look back at Jones, uh, we, we talked about that last time about what's going to happen if he, uh, you know, is he going to make it to the fight? Are we going to have an issue with supplements? They did announce that he did test positive again, but we're talking such minuscule amounts that. Uh, this is an ongoing issue that he might have for the rest of his fighting career. That these tests are so good, they're finding these minuscule amounts that uh, are probably just probably stored in his fat cells, and and uh, is uh, so this, this is the same same kind of. Th- uh, I don't know if it's the same thing exactly with with uh, Walt Harris, but uh, you got uh, at least this kind of connected situation, which is why I bring this up. So, uh, you know, in, in Jones's case, I think he had claimed tainted supplements. You've, we've seen this time and again, um, and I think it even came up. I think that's the way they were going with Anderson Silva, some type of tainted supplement. Um, that these fighters, it makes me wonder why these guys are even taking supplements. It seems the supplement industry is so shady that can they ever be really sure? of what's in these supplements they're taking or is that a pro- is that really the problem or it, it, it's happening so often this excuse is coming up that is this some type of you know thing that they're falling back on that is it really a legitimate problem i you know i'm not an expert in this field i don't know it just brings up a lot of questions yeah and um another thing too with uh like frank mir i think his was tainted kangaroo meat um, I know Canelo Alvarez in uh, boxing. Another one was tainted meat, and like, like really, I, I think we kind of ha- it needs to be looked at more globally. And in and, and taking um, performance enhancing supplements does give you an advantage in some areas, but 
let's just take John Jones, for instance, since he's right smack dab in the middle of this topic right now. Not he took steroids. I think he took like steroids or anything that would really give him that much of an advantage. I, if he was completely clean and everyone that he fought was on steroids, I would still pick Jones. I still think he'd have the same exact record. Um, and it does give you a little bit of an edge, but I mean, it's, there's so much more that goes into sports and into fighting, um, than just, you know, getting stronger and bigger. Um, I, I think the, the one main area where it really helps you is longevity. Like look at, uh, TRT Belfort, Peter right. Belfort <laughs> yeah. when he's off the juice. I mean, and I think a lot of people would be in agreement. Um, we'd rather see TRT Vitor then we would, you know, Vitor off the juice. And it's a completely um, different athlete. So, and like I said, I think that plays more into longevity. And as you get older and you maybe lose some testosterone production, um, that just enables you to train um, longer to build muscle, um, to continue to build muscle. And um, I think maybe extend your career, but it, it, like I said, even though it does give you some advantages, I think that it, it's not really make or break on your career. You know, you're either the talent and um, level of John Jones, and it maybe gives you a little bit of an edge, but the average guy off the street, isn't going to take a bunch of testosterone and be able to walk in and perform like John Jones or any of these other athletes in the UFC. Right. Right. All right, well, that's going to be an ongoing question. I don't think this is not going to go away anytime soon. I think we're going to keep seeing more of these. Um, I think that maybe the athletic commissions are going to get tired of this tainted supplement excuse sooner or later. I know the fans are. Um, and I don't know that these vitamin supplements really help anything either. So why are you taking them? You know, I, It just seems to me that uh, is, has anybody won a fight because they took a vitamin that the other guy didn't. I, I kind of doubt it. Me too. Me too. Yeah. I think it's more habit. Yeah. You know, you, you work out, you take the creatine, you take some protein, uh, you have your supplements, your shakes or whatever. I, I think it's more habit when you get into working out and maybe whatever. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into uh, this recap. We'll run over this real quick. Uh, first, uh, the main card, we had Pedro Munoz, defeated Cody Garbrandt. Now, this uh, actually won the fight of the night. This, Yeah, this one was was crazy. I mean, um, I think we both had picked Cody on this one, and we, we both were incorrect. Um, Munoz looked good. Um, he, he was, uh, I think, more well-rounded, and it turns out he's got a heck of a chin, too. Um, at some point... Um, and, you know, ill-advised uh, Cody after he got knocked down. I think he said that he, he got headbutted and they just saw red, kind of went into autopilot and just started swinging for the fences. And he came up out on, on the short end of that. So that's three uh, losses in a row, TKO losses, no less, uh, for Cody Garbrandt. Um, I, I, I don't think that Dana White loves these kind of fights, and I saw an interview with him. Um, afterwards, and he was he was pumped up about this fight. So I don't think this jeopardizes Cody's position with the company, or you know he you know is he still going to be on the roster? I, I don't think any of that is in danger. Um, however, you know he's I think kind of skating on thin ice, and um, it's a long climb to the top and a, a short fall down because you know just a fight ago he was fighting again for the you know the uh, bantamweight championship, and now he finds himself uh, you know looking at three TKO losses in a row and where does he go from here? Yeah. I think he probably gets one more try in the UFC. Um, and that's going to be, uh, a do or die for him as far as, uh, his, his UFC tenure. We'll see where that goes. Um, and all right. Uh, yeah, that was, uh, that, that was a great, you know, if, that's that's what the fans want. Not a smart game plan when the guys just stand toe to toe. Right, smart for one of the guys, but you know it's kind of dumb luck that uh, you, you just lucked out and didn't get hit with that haymaker that the other guy was throwing, but was able to land yours. 
right. but it was it is entertaining and so absolutely <laughs> good one all right so the next uh, was Wei Zhang uh, defeated Tisha Torres yeah, and I think we, we both kind of uh, thought the fight would go this way. It, it was a competitive fight. Um, uh, Wei, uh, Wei Li Zhang, um, I think, was in control from bell to bell. Um, and, uh, you know, even though Tisha Torres was in it, um, it you know, I never really got the sense that, you know, she was going to – she needed a finish, I think, in the third to, to come out ahead. Um, mm-hmm. I don't recall quite how the scorecards went, if it was, you know, two rounds to it was even going to the third round or not. But just just my take watching the fight, I I, I had the feeling that Torres would need to finish the fight to win. Um, Torres is a, a tough fighter. She's another uh, one. They're not they're all decision losses, but she's now looking at a uh, three uh, straight uh, losses um, coming, like I said, by decision. So um, she drops a little in the rankings, and um, I think uh, most people suspect um, ne- next uh, up for her might be the loser of the uh, Karate Hottie, and uh, Caroline, going to butcher the last name, but Kalawiski. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think <laughs> something like that, um, but Carolina – and um, Michelle Watterson, I think the winner uh, would face uh, Wei Li Zhang. Uh, the loser, I think that's an easy matchup to, well, an easy matchup to make uh, against Tisha Torres. Yeah. After seeing that, uh, Wei Li really came out kind of what I was hoping for anyway. And I think uh, I, I think we're going to see her move up in, uh, in the standings uh, on the women's side over there in uh, the straw weights. So keep an eye on her. I predict big things. And I think a couple or so more fights, she might get her title shot. I think uh, she's going to be an exciting woman's fighter uh, for that. I think so too. I think she's uh, definitely an up and comer and one to keep an eye on um, because I I, I do think uh, she's, she has an exciting style. Yeah, she can do it all. She can stand and slug, and you know she's got some pretty, uh, pretty good grappling and um, effective grappling. Yeah, I think she's one of the more uh, well-rounded uh, women's fighters that I've that I can recall seeing in a while. Anyway, um, and I've uh, got power that I, I don't think is commonly on display in the in the women's ranks. So. Let's move on to the controversy of the night. Ben Askren over Robbie Lawler. Yeah, this was um, an odd one, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with the, with the way it ended, because I, I don't think anyone, um, especially watching it live in real time, blames Herb Dean for breaking up that fight. I mean, it looked like Robbie's arm just fell dead. Uh, right. It looked like he was out. Uh, he kind of shook Robbie's arm um, in the replay. I didn't see it, but I, I believe that, you know, Robbie said and other people say that, you know, he gave the thumbs up. I don't think Herb was looking at that. I think he was kind of, uh, you know, shaking to see if, you know, Robbie responded, squeezed back, and he didn't. And, you know, they called the fight, and immediately Robbie jumps up. Um, yeah. So he – a good breakdown on this that I was watching earlier today is uh, on YouTube. If you go out and you Google um, Gracie breakdown, um, it's two, uh, two of the Gracies. They do most of the fights and a lot of the submissions and they kind of break down and, and discuss the position. And um, I kind of thought, and, and it was backed up by watching this video that even though Robbie wasn't out, he, I mean, there was still plenty of time left. It wasn't like the, there was short time till the bell. Um, and it didn't look like he was really going anywhere. So he likely um, would have been out anyways. Um, another strange thing for me on this fight is I typically like the fighters who are game to fight anyone, anytime. Um, this, however, is interesting. I, I kind of finding myself siding with Ben, um, on refusing to, you know, f- or not wanting to fight Robbie again in a rematch. Um, and wanted to hear 
you know, your opinion, do you think there should be an immediate rematch or do you think um, they should move on from this fight? You know what? I, I want this rematch. I, I, I want to see it. Um, first, I think that Herb Dean would have been entirely justified in stopping this fight for Robbie Lawler about, um, what, about a minute earlier, right? He was, Robbie Lawler was taking it to Ben. And let's give, let's, you got to give Ben a lot of credit here, man. How he withstood that onslaught, I have no idea. He, yeah. I think anybody else would have been out. He was, he was getting it. Um, and uh, somehow he weathered the storm. And, the, and when he came back and started getting Robbie Lawler, that's when I knew that Robbie had lost this fight. Um, I was like, oh, this is not going to go his way. And, and uh, I, I saw it coming. I, I think that Herb Dean had to stop that fight when he did. Uh, any other ref in that position would have stopped that fight right there. Um, so I think it's completely justified. You know, it turns out, you know, maybe he didn't have the right angle. Uh, for me, when I was watching it, I was like, oh, he's out. He's out. He is, you know, he, he's unconscious. And so it, it looked like that. Even Joe Rogan was saying that. Everybody thought he was unconscious. Um, so, but then he pops right back up. And I think there's some controversy. Was he out or not? He might have been and just really recovered really fast. Uh, but the fact is, the controversy is there. The fight was really close. I mean, it, it could, I think it could have been stopped uh, when, when Ben uh, was getting punched <laughs> really bad. I, um, and, uh, and then it might have been stopped a little bit too early on the other way. So I, because of the controversy, I absolutely um, would like to see a rematch right away. I, I want to see this settled without the controversy. Uh, it was a really good fight, uh, so why not? And then um, I am a little disappointed that Ben Askren doesn't want to fight it again. You know, he, um, you know, that that's not the way I would have guessed him. I, I would have guessed that he would have said, "Sure, why not? Do it again." You know, but uh, I think if the fans want it, and me as a fan, I want it. So I, I want to see that one again. My um, see, so my take, and I, I think they should rematch it. I don't think it needs to be immediate. And mm. just looking at this from Ben's standpoint, um, I'm not sure his his contract, how many fights he has with the UFC, but let's say it's a four-fight deal. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen after that. He wanted to get into the UFC um, and basically see how far he could go. You know, he, I, I think with um, Tyron, and he really thought that Tyron was going to, be a champion for a while um wanted to you know at least move up the ranks though and and you know prove that he's the best welterweight in the world or the best welterweight that's never fought in the ufc um and if you you go and you burn half your fights on five fighting robbie waller right away mm-hmm. um you know I, I i see that like i said i i don't think that it needs to be immediate um and you know if you're the ufc just don't, if you're concerned about that, don't treat this as a, a loss for Robbie Lawler. Um, you know, treat it like he won. Maybe give him Tyron Woodley next. Um, mm-hmm. Since the, apparently, uh, um, Usman and uh, Colby Covington, we'll, we'll cover in a second, <clears throat> are going to fight. But I, I, I get Ben's point on it. Um, and it was controversial. But, it, again, um, taking looking at this, in his shoes, he also he didn't do anything wrong. He's not the one who fought stopped the fight early. He went out there and did what he was supposed to do and got his hand raised, <laughs> controversy or not. And um, you know, I, it it also kind of makes me question that Dana is so eager to run this back, um, but not. I, I get the controversy, but it it just other fights that he hasn't given an immediate rematch or he has given an immediate rematch for, um, or other fighters, I should say, um, just kind of makes you wonder, it, does he play favorites? It's, you know, yeah. a lot of people think that he doesn't like Ben Askren. Um, ben Askren's not one of his, you know, favorite people from being outside of the UFC and then getting onto into it on Twitter and everything. And then, um, you know, him wanting Ben to fight Robbie again. 
Um, I, I, I get both sides, but I, I think I tend to fall more. And I, I wouldn't think if this was posed to me as a hypothetical, um, I wouldn't think that I would be on Ben's side for this, but I, I kind of see his point. You know, he's got a finite, uh, you know, window of opportunity to try and move yeah. up as quickly and as, as far as he can in the welterweight division. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're not, they're not looking out for his best yeah. interests. The UFC. Yeah. I mean, you know, so I, I get that. And I, I also get wanting to see an immediate rematch because yeah. as a fan, I would too. I just don't think it needs to be immediate. Well, if, if I'm Robbie, if I'm, excuse me, if I'm Ben Askren's manager, I probably don't want him to take an immediate fight because if you have too many more fights like that with Robbie Lawler, where he takes a, he takes it on the face and, and gets those near, I would say near knockout, you're not going to have a long career. I mean, that, a fighter, you can only take so many of those fights and not many of them. Those types of battles shorten careers. And I could understand, I guess, from that aspect, why you wouldn't want to put him in there again if you're wanting him to face somebody. And maybe, you know, he, he's, he's not a young fighter, so he's got a small window. I can understand from his aspect, I guess. From, from me being the fan, I want to see it settled. But Yeah. All right. Just just another real quick hypothetical on a hypothetical immediate rematch. What if this one ends in controversy? Are they going to no. fight again? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, I, I think, I think it cools. Fight. Yeah. I, I think if it, another yeah, fan, fan interest kind of wanes and gets, you get controversy fatigue. So if, if another one were to be controversial, I think uh, fans would say, oh, let's move on. And even, uh-huh. even if it's not, e- even if you have, you know, Robbie wins, let's say, a decision or how, you know, let's say it's a decision, Robbie wins a decision. Mm-hmm. Now they're one and one. Do they have to right. go to the rubber match? You, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, 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 I, I think that one would I, definitely have to wait. I'm exaggerating to make yeah. Yeah. Um, That's, you know, I just, right. like I said, I, I tend to see this kind of in, 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 in favor of Ben yeah. and Ben's position on it. All right. All right. Well, that brings us to the co-main event of the evening. And this was the surprise, uh, I think. Uh, Kamaru Usman defeated Tyron Woodley to take the title, the welterweight belt. Yeah, it it surprised me. Absolutely uh, dominated Tyron Woodley. Um, I thought going into this fight that – Tyron Woodley did everything that Kamaru Usman did, but just did it a little bit better. I thought he was a little more athletic. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he was a little better of a wrestler, and I thought on the feet he was a, he was a better striker, definitely a better counter um, striker. And uh, that's you know where Usman might run into the most problem. However, uh, Woodley had nothing for Usman this whole fight, and mm-hmm. I don't know if it, it almost seemed like something was going on. Um, almost kind of like a trap fight, how you have a trap game in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, you know, Woodley just didn't get up for the fight. Whatever the case is, um, I think no excuses. You know, Usman went out there and dominated. Yeah. it. it you know, Woodley goes into this fight wanting to uh, build his reputation to to be in the mix of the, the goat. He wants to be the, the greatest of all time welterweight, if not uh, in uh, pound for pound. And uh, that sure ended that. I mean, that was, he, like you said, he had nothing. And, and uh, I, I went in this thinking, well, if uh, Usman wins, it's going to be a close, right? He'll, you might sneak out a decision, uh, maybe, you know, catch him in some type of fluke punch or something. Uh, certainly not, what we saw where he just dominated. I think he, I know he had at least one 10, eight round uh, and maybe a second. And he just, it, it was, yeah. Like, like he said, it was almost like Woodley didn't show up. He just had no response. He did not look like a champion at all uh, yeah. in that fight. So it was uh, a, a disappointing performance. Clearly, I think his worst performance in his career. And <laughs> uh, we'll have to see what he does to come back from that. But um Usman, definitely uh, came out looking like the champion and there's there's no question of uh this one of uh when when's Woodley going to get a rematch there's there's 
there's there's no question that Usman was the better fighter, and it's going to be time to for the for another challenger. It, it, I agree, and this is where to go into real quick that makes me question. Uh, you know, Dana White's, you know, what, what's really going into someone getting an immediate rematch or not. Because uh, Tyron Woodley, I believe he had four title defenses, Wonderboy twice, Damian Maya, and uh, Darren Till. Um, so that's, you know, that's a pretty good uh, string for uh, for title defenses. Um, he, did, he did. He did get dominated. Um, but I, I would think that that would be good enough if you're going to grant immediate rematches um, to grant an immediate rematch. Joanna um, uh got knocked out by Rose, got an immediate title rematch, and I, I think she maybe had three title defenses. Um, Cody Garbrandt didn't have any title defenses, got smoked by TJ Dillashaw, mm-hmm. got an immediate title you know, rematch. So I, I just yeah. don't – it makes me question, the, you know, the rhyme and reason. I'll get off my soapbox on that, but I, <laughs> I think that if anyone's, to be honest, though, I'm, I'm more interested in seeing a potential matchup between Colby Covington and uh, Kamara Usman um, than I am a rematch at this point between uh, Woodley and uh, Kamara Usman. Yeah, that's definitely uh, the next one. I think that fans want to see, especially with all the controversy surrounding Covington going leading up to that uh, Woodley match with Usman. Um, and so, and he claims, uh, I think Dana said that Covington's going to be next. Did you see the video of Kamara Usman's manager going after Colby Covington the next day, um, when he's in the line for the buffet? No, I missed that. Um, check it out. Okay. <laughs> uh, Kamara Usman's, uh, manager, really needs to stay out. He seems to have been involved in a couple of it. This is, been, I think they also got into it a couple of years ago. Uh, I, I think it was the ultimately the fans fault. I think there were some drunken fans, drunken fans at an MMA event and uh, Usman and his manager, Ali um, got into a fist fight with them. But um, he, he seems to, <laughs> He, he t- his manager takes a swing at Colby Covington, which <laughs> is completely <laughs> inappropriate. And um, his manager used to be, I, I don't know if it was World Series of Fighting, it was another organization. And I think he was the vice president or like matchmaker, or the vice president and the matchmaker, and got m- into trouble for being the matchmaker and also managing talent. Um, but I, I, this is the first that I was aware of him. Um, he was on Twitter getting into it with fighters and just talking shit. And I'm like, what, what do you do? You're a manager. Right. And he's a, he's a formal, former amateur fighter. I think maybe a couple of pro bouts, but I mean, it's, it's, it's a little inappropriate to me. No, that's ridiculous. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, move on to the main event of the evening. And I think to no one's surprise, John Jones, Guy handily defeats Anthony Smith. And almost, almost loses via disqualification. Yes. Which um, I thought watching the fight, because uh, they had switched the rules where you can't just have a, you can't just have a hand down for having the, the sake of having a hand down and not being need, mm-hmm. um, which kind of look like the case. I mean, Anthony Johnson was up on his, or I'm sorry, Anthony Smith <clears throat> was up on his feet with a hand on the ground when he got need. And mm-hmm. I thought that was legal, but it turns out, I, I think the explanation that I heard is that would have been a legal blow in California. It's not a legal blow in Nevada. So that would have fueled the controversy fire um, if, if he did, but Anthony uh, Smith, uh, tough guy, Durable fighter didn't want to, you know, win that way and take the DQ. Um, goes on to lose the decision, like you said. Uh, I don't think really to anyone's surprise, John Jones um, handily defeated him. Yeah, and I wanted to, to uh, make mention of that too. I got all the respect in the world for Anthony Smith uh, not taking the DQ win, uh, and, and it's kind of really what. At the same time, what kind of choice did he have? Because if he does, he knows he's not the champion. 
everybody else knows he's not the champion. Yeah, he's got the belt, but he didn't win. Uh, and to, to get the belt like that. So he, he really made the right decision for himself, really, and for the sport. It was a stand-up thing to do, to not go out, uh, come out the easy way and, uh, and take a DQ win. But, you know, that's, that's I think, speaks a lot to his character because it, it's not the type of thing that you can think through all those options at, in that specific moment, right? You either right. make the right decision or you don't. And he made the right decision. He he's, doesn't come out the champion, but he did the right thing. So uh, really good, good moment for him. Uh, Jones, at the very least, needs to send him a fruit basket, thanking him for, for uh, uh, doing right. the right thing. And, um, and not, you know, it, it, oh, that just would have been a nightmare for the UFC um, Dana White should make sure he's taken care of and give him some kind of bonus or something because he saved a PR nightmare for the UFC. Yeah, and, and also um, it goes to that it, I, he wasn't injured enough where he couldn't. I mean, because it, it that would you know have connected more cleanly, um, been shot you know like a different area, like he hit him right in the temple or something, and. He, you know, couldn't regain his equilibrium. I mean, he may not have a choice. They, they may not have let him continue. Right. Um, right. Or if you know, if it, it connected and you know, put turned his lights out, um, that you know, he would, likely would not have had a choice. Yeah. Um, they would have called the fight there. So um, Jones, very fortunate in that, but um, looked good. And um, I really want to see. I know that Dana's saying that this. Uh, uh, Tiago Santos um, guy is next in line who does hold a, a TKO win over Anthony Smith. Um, I'm still banging the drum. I want to see uh, Daniel Cormier, John Jones three. Yeah, I would like to see that too. I don't think John Jones has not made it clear. He's not going up. I don't think Daniel Cormier wants to go back down. I mean, he's, he is the heavyweight champion and um not to mention the fact that he already knows he lost twice. So I don't think yeah, he's got a lot of incentives. To me, that's the sticking point is I, the, the fight doesn't make sense. If you're Daniel Cormier, why, why would you take that fight? Yeah. Why? <laughs> I mean, other than you, you honestly believe that in your heart that you can beat John Jones. And when he did beat you, he was taking um, something to give him an advantage. Uh, you know, an illegal substance to give him an advantage, and that's the only you know difference between the fights. I don't think you can believe that deep down inside. If you're Daniel Cormier, he may believe that he is the better fighter and that he can he can beat John Jones. But right now, you know, in his career, as he's you know riding off into the sunset, I I the reason why I don't think that fight takes place is because it doesn't make sense for Daniel Cormier. Why wouldn't you fight a heavyweight that you, you know, have a, a better opportunity of beating go out, you know, on a winning streak and, you know, toot your own horn as the greatest of all time. Yeah. Uh, a claim that nobody's going to believe though, coming off of two losses to, to John Jones, but um, definitely won't if it's three. <laughs> yeah, exactly. May, maybe would if it's, Two and one, or you know, one, one and one. Yeah, if he I gets am, one back. Yeah, I don't know what maybe. what uh, what's in the future for John Jones, though. I mean, I, I don't. If you look at the light heavyweight division, I don't think you see anybody who really has um, has a that the public anyway believes has a chance to beat him. I'm sure any one of those guys is going to say, hey, yeah, I'm the one who can beat him. But, I mean, really, is is there anybody clamoring for a Jones versus any other light heavyweight? No, I think I, I think there's some guys in the wings. Um, I think Johnny Walker, who you saw on the undercard, um, right. who hurt his shoulder celebrating doing the worm. Yeah. I think he's, a, he's an up-and-comer, and a few more fights will be knocking on the uh, door for a title fight. Um, but there's not – he's defeated uh, – Gustafson twice. Um, he's beat Anthony Smith uh, with Tiago Santos. Um, not really a huge name. And then, you know, there's, like I said, there's, like you're, like you're saying, there's not really any appealing fights. I think, I think the move for John is to jump up to heavyweight. Yeah. 
but and I, I was thinking about that too. I don't know that that's a good move for Jones because I don't. I think he's a natural light uh, light heavyweight, and I, I think he'd be an undersized heavyweight. So I don't know. Um, he he needs some competition in the light heavyweights, I think. But now maybe maybe he's going to be forced to do that. Go up and beat Cormier again. He possibly possibly and yeah, I I think I think he's got um the talent, the wrestling, and um, he's able to control distance well enough um, where he, he can stay on the edge and pick a lot of these guys apart. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think a, a strength or, or size advantage um, would really be an advantage or a deciding factor in John Jones fighting every any heavyweights. But then again, you never know until they fight. Yeah. So. All right. Well, that's UFC 235. Let's take a look going forward. Uh, coming up this weekend, we are going to be seeing UFC Wichita. UFC Fight Night 146, hi, hi, <laughs> headlined, excuse me, uh, by Derek Lewis and Junior Dos Santos. Um, and on ESPN Plus, I believe. Uh, yes. Which so this, I'll be watching that. I went. They suckered me. In. Yeah, they suckered me, and I went ahead and paid for that. We'll see. Uh, I was gonna say, if you don't have ESPN Plus, I think you can get three months to uh, sign up and, and and check these fights out. Uh, five bucks a month, I guess. I, I can I can do that. So not bad. <laughs> so uh, let's see. The first one that we're gonna look at anyway is. Uh, Blagoy Ivanov versus Ben Rothwell. And uh, this is an interesting one to me. Um, uh, Ivanov is one of these uh, fighters. He, not just because he's um, from, um, well, I guess he's from Bulgaria, but uh, not just the Sambo ties and, you know, being uh, from Russia and everything, but he reminds me of, uh, Fedor Emelianenko, where he's kind of a pudgy, undersized heavyweight, who I I think could probably, you know, if he got on a, a diet plan or whatever, maybe even get down to middleweight. Um, but he, you know, he does well enough against the heavyweights um, that he'll likely stay. He's got a pretty uh, well-rounded record, uh, winning six by TKO, six by submission, and four by decision. Facing Ben uh, Rothwell, who's a, a bigger and a true heavyweight, um, going in at six foot four, and I think he pretty much maxes out at the two hundred and fifty pound. I'm sorry, two hundred and sixty five pound weight limit of the heavyweight class. Uh, however, Jason's golden rule: the last <laughs> time Rothwell fought was coming up on almost three years ago. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I have so I've forgotten I, I Ben Rothwell's uh, ring rust, and it's layoff is due to uh, suspension over performance enhancing drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and looking at their uh, both fighters, actually their last fight are coming off a loss to uh, Junior Dos Santos, um, decision loss for both of them who headlines this card. Um, I'm going to take a page out of your book. I'm going with even off. I think he wins this fight um, and going with your golden rule that never bet on a fighter, never pick a fighter who's you know been out of the octagon for more than 12 months. Yeah, I, I think that. Uh, another thing that I don't like, I don't like heavyweights that push the upper limit of the weight range either. Um, I don't – the coming in that heavy, those guys to me seem to have a habit of getting gassed. Um, it's just a lot of weight to carry around. I like seeing a heavyweight around under 240. Um, just, just me. I, I think they seem to do better. Um, you know, yeah. yeah. If, if you can withstand maybe some of the power some of the bigger guys have. Um, and Ben Rothwell, if he's, if he's going to come in that heavy, which uh, he's got a history of doing. Um, I, I haven't seen him lately, but yeah, you know, I'm worried, that, uh, especially after three years. <laughs> um, right. uh, that, that that's that's what he's going to do. So I, I don't like the heavy heavyweights, 
and uh, the guy who's been out for three years. No, I'll I'll put uh, put my money behind Ivanov on this one. So we All both right. uh, we both have Ivanov um, kicking off for a, a win in the first fight that we're reviewing over uh, Ben Rothwell. All right, that takes us to the next one: Tim Means and Nico Price. This is an interesting one uh, taking place in the uh, welterweight division. I think um, Nico Price, um, uh, I'm going with him in this fight. Um, Tim Means to me is a solid, durable fighter, um, kind of kind of a, a journeyman, um, I think, uh, in, in the uh, welterweight. And I think uh, Nico being um, – I think it'd be, you know, a little bit said five fights, <laughs> last five fights, excuse me, were in the UFC. Um, he's three and two in those. Um, but uh, I think that he, he comes out and he wins. Um, I think he's going to win. Uh, I'm going to go with via submission over Tim Means. Oh, interesting. All right. Well, I like this. I, I think. Uh, I like your assessment on there about the journeyman level. He is 35 too. So he's kind of been aging journeyman. Uh, Nico price coming at 29. Um, I, uh, with his Brown, uh, Brown belt in jujitsu. Uh, I think he's, I think I'm going to pick him as well. I, I think price is going to, going to win this, uh, most likely, uh, most likely by submission or, um, Maybe means uh, avoids getting submitted, but uh, at least the decision at least will go by. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put my money on a submission, but uh, I, I'll I'll say, uh, you know, maybe means that has enough uh, experience to to keep uh, keep from that. But anyway, uh, uh, price price is coming out with this one. I'd say. Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, price is coming off of a, a kale loss. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I guess to kind of bookend that, uh, Tim Means is coming off of a TKO win. Uh, Tim Means definitely has the means to get this done um, and to win this fight. I, I just see the same thing. Like he, Means has been fighting for about 15 years. Um, Nico uh, Price has been active for about seven Uh six years younger, like you said, and I, I think there's just more tread on those tires. And um, I, I think it's a relatively close fight, but I, I think that uh, Nico Price can get the finish. All right. All right, so the co-main event of the night is going to be Elysio Zaleski, probably butchering that name again. Anyway, uh, Elysio Zaleski Dos Santos and Curtis Melender. Yeah, and uh, we we have uh, Dos Santos, uh, the Brazilian, versus uh, the American Curtis uh, Melender. Um, I think it's uh, watching some of his highlights. Uh, um, Elizio uh, Zaleski's nickname is Capoeira. Um, saw a couple of his wins when he does the Capoeira moves, and he also does the you know the kicks, planting the hand on the ground, and and, and doing the head kick and everything. So a little bit flashy, little exciting, um, <clears throat> or you know exciting uh, fighter to watch. Um, I think he's going to get the win over uh, Curtis Melender. Both of them um, last five fights are, are five and zero. Oh. Um, uh, Curtis Melender uh, coming off of two decisions prior to that, three KOs. Um, flip that for um, uh, Dos Santos, who's coming off of two KOs and then three decisions prior to that. I think that um, Dos Santos keeps his KO streak going and uh, KOs uh, Curtis Melender. Yeah, I like. Uh, I th- I think I like Dos Santos in this one too. Um, when he wins, he wins by KO. Although I noticed. And the few losses Melinda has, he's not been KO'd. He seems to avoid that pretty well. Um, but he, his wins come by decision. Um, he does have six TKOs, so uh, I think you expect to see this fight stand mostly on the ground. Um, but I, I think the power is going to be there for Dos Santos. I, I think I'm going to go with him 
whether uh, he comes out by decision or um, gets a stoppage, uh, I'm going to go with Dos Santos on this one. Okay, yeah, so we, we both uh, are picking uh, Dos Santos. Uh, Curtis Melinder, though, he I mean, he does have a uh, KO against uh, Tiago Alves um, uh, within his last five, uh, the most notable name um, in, in, in his last five. So, I mean, he... He can get it done, even though the majority of his fights come uh, from decision. Uh, he, he does uh, show that he's capable of getting those uh, the KO win against uh, you know higher level of competition. Mm-hmm. All right, so up to the main event of the evening: Derek the Black Beast Lewis versus Junior Dos Santos. And uh, Derek Lewis, <laughs> I, I think, um, I, I think it's across the board. People, if not everybody, consider him the best interview in MMA. Um, the the guy is just a riot. Um, whether it's uh, you know his uh, who he fight against uh, Francis Naganu when he took off his shorts, he said his balls were hot. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, he, he's saying that Junior Dos Santos is going to be the weakest guy that he fights. Um, I don't know if that's the case. I'm kind of going back and forth on this, but I, I think this is going to be a typical Derek Lewis fight where he gets dominated for the majority of the rounds and comes back at the end and, uh, and KOs Junior Dos Santos. Um, that's just a, a, my gut telling me um, that how it, it's, it's how this fight's going to go. I think if Junior Dos Santos, I think the best game for, plan for him would be uh, to take uh, Derek Lewis down and work on the submission, uh, much like Daniel Cormier did. Um, however, I think Junior Dos Santos enjoys being a stand-up fighter more than he does, you know, a ground and pound or, you know, submission. So I think he's going to stand with uh, Derek Lewis, and I think that's going to end up uh, biting him in the butt in the end. Yeah, this is a hard one to pick. Um, you know, Junior Dos Santos, uh, I don't think he has the power that he once did. You know, I mean, he, he for a while he's, he was knocking everybody out. Um, but he's – yeah, if he's smart, he takes Lewis uh, down to the ground. But I, I think you're you're right. I, I hate to agree with you this much, but um, <laughs> I, I, I think uh, Lewis might. Did we pick some, everybody? I think we did. Uh, we same fighters for that. We we we're four for four. Oh, I think we did. No, that's disappointing. But uh, no, in this case, I got you know. I, when when you're right, you're right. You know. So, um, although to me it's hard. I mean, these guys are both you know aging fighters, right? Thirty-five and you know here. Uh, here I'm talking like 35 is old, but you know, in, in, in fighter years, it is. So, it um, is, yeah. I'm 35, you know, uh, I think junior's what 34, I think. No, junior's 35. Am I got that backwards? Junior's 35, and Derek Lewis is 34. Yeah, I have that backwards. So, 34. Um, Dos Santos has been fighting longer, and um. Derek Lewis does have some wear and tear um, on him. I, I mean, he, he, you know, his his fight with uh, uh, Mark Hunt went four rounds, where he ultimately lost via TKO. Um, and uh, Nugano was a was a boring fight, but um, right before that, with uh, um, Tibera, uh Tibera, and then um, with Volkov. Those are both fights where Derek Lewis was getting beat up and taken down and um, then, you know, came out in, in the last round and ended up, ended up you know, pulling out the uh, knockoff, or the knockoff, the knockout. Um, Junior Dos Santos, though, he's got, you know, those wars with uh, Cain Velasquez mm-hmm. um, and, you know, he's, he's got that TKO loss to Al- Alistair Overeem. I think there's more mileage, uh, even though there's a year that separates them, on Junior Dos Santos, and I think um, if anyone, uh, I, I think Junior Dos Santos is more susceptible to the knockout punch in this fight. Yeah, I, I agree with that take. 
as well. Uh, gotta, I think you've gotta, and, and although either one of them has the power, I think, uh, well, at least used to, I guess I'm still not convinced of, of, yeah, well, I wouldn't want to get hit by Dos Santos, but you know, as far as uh, a heavyweight who's, who's in there, who's trains for those types of things. Uh, I don't know that he's got the power that he did a few years ago. So <clears throat> look for a stand up. This, this one should be a good, good one. And I think um, both of these guys like to stand up and, and fight. Uh, and I, I think that's what we're going to see in this. I think a good prop mm-hmm. bet for Vegas on this is which, you know, just, Derek Lewis make it out of the first round without being gassed. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I think uh, our picks are in, and uh, we'll have to wait and see where we did on this one. Hopefully, since we uh, picked uh, all four of the same fighters, we're not 0 4. <laughs> Yes, that would be. Uh, yeah, well, we'll see. It, it, it's been a little bit since we've been uh, in, in the pick game again, but uh, uh, I, I'm, I've got a good feeling about this. We got we, we we just have a little bit of ring rust, and like your golden rule, you know, don't <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> give us give us a couple of times after you know to, to, a couple a uh, couple of warm up uh, podcasts here before. All right. Well, that's it it for this show and i'm jason i'm kevin and thanks for listening to fight strike